Tonight, I can report to the American people and to the world that the United States has conducted an operation that killed Osama bin Laden. Where we continue to follow the capture and killing of Osama bin Laden now. Those are just some of the scenes overnight as thousands of Americans gathered in celebration of Osama bin Laden's death. Former Navy SEAL Rob O'Neill says he has thought about the mission every day since that May Day in 2011. Multiple conversations you had with Rob O'Neill over the past year and a half. How'd you get and you described that his head kind of exploded yes. when you hit I, him. I actually hit him three times because I shot him twice when he was standing and once on the ground. That is the fucking American badass. Go, go, go. We are not going for fame and we are not going for bravado. We are going for the single mom who dropped her kids off at elementary school on a Tuesday morning and then 45 minutes later she jumped to her death out of a skyscraper. If you need help, hang up and then dial your operator. I'm Rob O'Neill, and this is the Operator Podcast. All right. Well, we're back. Took a couple of weeks or days or something like that off. I mentioned on my last one, episode 63, that I was going to go work on my mental health. Get a little PTSD slash whatever else there is to get worked on so I did. I've been I've been away from social media a little bit, which turns out doesn't suck. I was in a place where I don't even know if my phone worked. I just turned it off. And instead of uh scrolling, I was reading books with a highlighter and stuff like that. It was actually quite pleasant. Didn't watch a lot of TV. Did some very good training. I recommend, man. We should, I'm going to start advocating for this. I went down to Mexico. We can only do it in Mexico because it works. And uh you know, here they wouldn't in the United States they really wouldn't want anything to work because there's no money for anybody in a cure. There's money in fear. There's money for uh, you know, the banks and the powers that be in the treatment. But stuff that they would cure, man, you couldn't how are you gonna buy a yacht if you cure something? You can't keep, you know, fleecing people for the dough. But I went down there, um, because I've had some some stuff happen recently that made me made me realize I needed to fix myself. And there's nothing wrong with fixing yourself. There's certainly nothing wrong with uh, talking about it. And, and again, you don't need to be a, a combat vet to have something in your past that causes stress or anxiety in the future. Which again, we can talk about it all the time. That uh, anxiety is about worrying about something that hasn't happened yet. And normally, it's uh, it's not things that bother you. It's how you respond or react to things. And then the past is the past. It plays over. You're not getting it back. But Sometimes there's guilt, which I'm trying to get rid of, and and uh, I think I did a lot of that, which is great. Mexico, I took a, a medicine called Ibogaine, if you want to look it up. I think it was originally, well, originally I think it came out of West Africa, and it's called a couple different things, but it was mainly started to be used for addiction, but it works for pretty much everything. I've heard um, it heals your brain, it heals brain matter, it gets rid of guilt, it helps with stress and anxiety, which I went down there for. Other things like drinking too much, you can... You can see the light. Uh, I'm going to advocate to get that here in the States, especially for combat vets, especially for veterans, but also first responders and also anybody. Anybody that has any issues. I began is, uh, I'm going to talk about it more in a future episode. I was going to talk about it right now in episode 64 of the Operator Podcast, but I'm not going to due to current, present, and recent past events. We've all seen what happened. This is episode 64. This is Friday 13th. Friday the 13th, which stuff can happen. We've seen in Israel, Hamas just attacked Israel, attacked civilians, backed, trained, equipped from Iran, even though our administration is not admitting to it yet, but this is the hallmarks of Iran. They don't produce shit in the West Bank. They don't know how to train each other. They, um, they're getting trained by Iran. And even though Iran is a bunch of, well, there's a bunch of a lot of things, but they're, they're, um, their head shed, their regime are Shia. Hamas is Sunni. Historically, they hate each other, but the enemy of my enemy is my friend. So they're together. Iran pumps a bunch of money that we gave them as the United States into Hamas. Hamas trains there. They rehearse this thing. Uh, multifaceted attack on Israel, so we need to talk about that. We need to talk about today because now that uh, Hamas is about to get their ass handed to them, they're 
calling on all Muslims to rise up today, the day of floods, something like that. I don't buy it. Hamas is kind of just, um, they effed around, now they're effing out. <laughs> Fuck around, find out. They're finding out right now, so they're calling on that because this is their death throws because Israel's going to stomp them, which they should. But they're saying, they're trying to say, you know, everybody around the world rise up. It's Friday, it's their holy day of prayer, and then it's the day of floods or whatever they call it. I see this personally as like a bomb threat. I don't believe in bomb threats. Whenever there's a bomb threat at a movie or a school or a building or a gun-free zone and people evacuate, I don't necessarily agree with it because I don't think these people are going to threaten you, tell you what's coming, and then bomb you. Now, the good guys do that. The good guys do that to innocent people. They say, hey, these fuck stains Hamas are in your buildings, so you have 48 hours to leave. And what Hamas does is they they line their kids up. They line their people up. And they want them... They li- line them up in front of their weapons. They line them up in their offices and their headquarters. They want to be in the buildings with the civilians because Hamas scoundrels... They're not they're, Scoundrels is not even... They're jihadis. They're jihadists. They're Islamists. They're the bottom of the barrel. They're scumbags. They're not even human filth. They're just filth. And they put innocent people there in front of their stuff so they can use them as human shields. They're doing that with hostages. That's what they do. And then they turn around and blame it. They're the victim every single time. And then you get our dipshits here in the country. A lot of professors and elected officials in places like Colorado and students and groups and Black Lives Matter. The Marxist group Black Lives Matter posting memes about paragliders and saying whatever they said, um, how they stand with um, they stand with Palestine, they stand with the Palestinians. Very, very fine line there. There's a difference between a Palestinian and a terrorist. Unfortunately, they're so close and ingrained to each other that, well, these dipshits in college don't know shit about shit anyway. Some of these people in college are so fucking dumb. If they knew they knew nothing, they would know something. But they're not even smart enough to know they know nothing. So instead of talking about my... Uh, Adventure to Mexico, the healing process, how great I feel, which I do, by the way, too. And I'm trying, it's it's hard not to get a little bit pissed off right now because this is not Israel versus the Palestinians. This is good versus evil right now. And guess what? You're right in the middle of it. Today's the day of the flood or whatever. I don't think it's coming. But the point I was making is the bomb threats, are, they don't precede a bombing. They'll just bomb you. The threat right now is because their terrorists are trying to do what they try to do. They want us over here. <coughs> they want us here in the United States and in Australia and in the UK and France, Germany, Norway, anywhere. The, these um, Because of our uh, ridiculous policies and immigration status and open borders, we have been infiltrated and they want us to be afraid of them. So if they threaten everything, maybe you'll, and you've heard it, people will say, well, don't go to a crowded area. Don't go to the mall. If you can avoid a city, avoid it. And that's giving them what they want. They want to run their mouths. And you'll notice, too, it's the, it's the loud mouths that are in charge. And this is common a lot of places. The people who are, well, I say in charge, you know, in air quotes. The people that, <laughs> the lawmakers or whatever, the warmongers, the war hawks, and even the, uh, <clears throat> even the terrorists up on the pulpit. Very few of them do the fighting. And if you hear any, anybody here, I hate war. I've been to war. And if you hear people here in this country cheering on war, they've never been shot at. The people, I wouldn't say running for president, but the people who get on those silly-ass debates, knowing damn well who, who's going to be the Republican nominee, it is exciting to see who's going to be the Democrat. Is it going to be the incumbent? Because I've heard him speak lately. I think anyone who, when they make a point and then they start to slow down and then they repeat that point, they're, um, they don't really know what they're doing. <clears throat> Plus, with our president, I mean, it takes, him, uh, it takes him days to say anything. If you look back in the past, there's been terrorism for a while and major events, and the president of the United States especially shows up and starts saying stuff, but this president can't even get out there and talk, and when he does, he's reading and squinting and whispering and repeating. Won't take any questions. So we're going to talk about that today. We'll start at the, not at the beginning, <clears throat> and excuse my cough. I'm can, when I did the Ibogaine training too, it's like you're going in there to get rid of the demons. There's a lot of demons, a lot of guilt, a lot of stuff that follows you around. And one of the final things that uh, physiologically that my body did to me before I got to Mexico, went to Tijuana. 
I could actually see the border wall from where I was uh, staying. It was pretty cool, but I was on the other side of it. But um, uh, physiologically, I, I started to get sick, like almost like my body's trying, the demons inside of my body are trying to tell me, don't go here. You don't need to do this. Trying to talk me out of it, but I uh, didn't talk me out of it. I went through it. It was awesome. And again, I'm in much better spirits than I was. Even when I recorded episode 63 a few weeks ago, I'm in a much better place, a much better mood, but I am a little pissed off about what's going on. I said that I'm going to try to be more positive and, and give people the benefit of the doubt. This you can't give the benefit of the doubt. And like it or not, you're either on the side of good or you're backing the terrorists. And if you can't if you can't decide, if you're backing anything close to Hamas, you might as well be backing ISIS because that's the same ideology. Those are radical Sunnis. So is Al-Qaeda. Al-Qaeda, ISIS, Hamas, same shit. Backed by Iran, but whatever. They're Shia. They got Hezbollah. They all want to blow you up just the same. Oh, and all you people out there with the uh, LGBTQ plus IA uh, rainbow flags that uh, it says something like queers for Palestine. They don't like you either. Actually, me as a as a straight, white, heterosexual, tax-paying man, they hate my guts. But if you're transgender, they hate you worse. Like if they had a choice to kill me, they'd kill you first. If, if, if any of these... Um, if any of these men who compete with women in sports because today they're a woman uh, went over to the Gaza Strip, not only would you be the as a man be the fastest woman in the pool, they'd also send you to fly school, flight school, because they throw you off a fucking building. They don't like you either. Pull your head out of your ass. But that's where we are. And I think because I got rid of a lot of the demons and a lot of the stuff, uh, uh, it cleared up some of my vocal cords. I coughed a little bit. Like I was saying, that was the last last ditch effort for my body to try to stop me from doing that training was to get a cold. This is the remnants. And the good thing, the only good thing about a cold other than <clears throat> the dry throat and the cough is you get that sexy-ass deep voice, which like you have a really good time getting on the radio. So here's where we are. We'll talk about that today. But... The world is changing. The biggest problem we have is that we keep forgetting to never forget. We never forget. On 9-12, man, everybody from both sides of the aisle was on the steps of the Capitol, weren't they, saying, God bless America. They changed that tune real quick and went back. You know, just forgetting about everything and, and taking your eye off the ball. But I have mentioned before, and you've heard me say it. I'll say it again. The normalcy bias is sticking your head in the sand. Well, the bad stuff's over. Now it'll never happen again. Well, it changes. And you need to be prepared for that. We'll get into preparation, too. And the Second Amendment, too. I need to clarify how important the Second Amendment is. I know I get a little bit of hate here and there because of certain things I would like tweaked. But um, you need to be prepared. You need to be prepared for the unthinkable ahead. We always pray for the best, but you need to be prepared for the worst. And that means stockpiling emergency food before it's too late. That is very, very important that you have your emergency food. Right now, you'll save 25% on a three-month emergency food kit from My Patriot Supply. My Patriot Supply. That's the nation's leader in self-reliance. Order your emergency food today by going to my website, preparewithrob.com. Preparewithrob.com, and you'll save 25% on each kit ordered. These three-month food kits from My Patriot Supply Give you an abundance of delicious meals, providing over 2,000 calories per day. You'll have plenty to eat when everyone else is trying to scavenge the empty shelves at the store. So stock up now because, like I said before, you will not get a warning for this disaster when it hits, which it could. Order by 3 o'clock today, and your order ships the same day for free. So order by 3, it ships the same day for free. The unthinkable can happen without notice. We've seen it recently, so don't wait for the crisis to hit. Prepare today and save 25% on each three-month food kit that you need when you go to preparewithrob.com. Go check it out. Great name for a website, preparewithrob.com. Get your emergency food kit from my friends at My Patriot Supply, preparewithrob.com. And also with that craziness, you need to consider what's happening monetarily in this country because our foreign policy and weakness over there are not just the only bad decisions we make as a country. And by we, I mean the people on Capitol Hill. 
the printing money, all they're doing like that. They're, it's not like they're taking money from you. They're just making what you have worth less, which is sad. So uh, we're basically on the brink, not just of World War III, but also of an economic meltdown that's threatening your savings and your retirement. Inflation has surged to a 40-year high no matter what they tell you. You budget carefully, but each trip to the grocery store feels like a wallet-pinching experience. Gasoline prices have doubled since 2020, and your monthly bills are escalating. Inflation is an evil silent force that eats away at your purchasing power and ultimately your ability to save for retirement. Don't let this happen to you. Protect your retirement with my friends at Allegiance Gold. Alex, Mark, and the team... We'll take the time to help you understand your options and make the best decision for your financial future. Whether your goal is to own physical gold or protect your IRA or 401k, the professionals at Allegiance Gold are ready to help you out. They've earned the highest trust ratings in the precious metals industry and have built relationships based on integrity, expertise, and impeccable service. So here's a great website. Go to protectwiththeoperator.com protectwiththeoperator.com or call 844-790-9191 call 844-790-9191 and get up to $5,000 in free silver on a qualifying purchase do not wait protect your future now with Allegiance Gold again go to protectwiththeoperator.com or call them 844-790-9191 9191 and let Allegiance Gold hook you up. But like I said, episode 64 of the Operator Podcasts, a lot going on. Uh I am in a much better mood after going to Mexico and doing the Ibogaine treatment along with the Reiki and then the DMT to finish it off. Another episode in the future. I'll explain that and why it's a wonderful thing. And even going down there after some incidents here, I, I said I'm going to do my best to try not to judge people. And, I, you know, even in the intro, I was a little bit angry. And that's because of, of what's happened. Obviously, the massacre in Israel, what those scumbags did to innocent people. But then also to hear stories of the aftermath and then hear what, um, what people in this country are doing and cheering for war. Um, one of the stories that I heard from some concert goers recently was a dude that was over there celebrating his birthday. And once the attack started, he was hiding in a bush and he he said, you know, thinking he's going to die or, and at that point, when you've got jihadis all over you, the best thing other than them not finding you is them killing you right away because the things they will do to you if they catch you that I don't even want to talk about because it's not a social media fight where we can argue with each other and yell at each other and say, well, you're just a keyboard warrior. You don't know and all this stuff. Listening to me personally, having been in fights with, uh, with uh, on the border of Pakistan, a lot of, for some weird reason, a lot of the fights I was involved in were near Pakistan because I was starting, you know, after 20 years, starting to think that maybe a lot of Al-Qaeda, a lot of the bad guys were hiding in Pakistan and not Afghanistan. It's almost like we made up rules to put on ourselves so that we couldn't break them, thinking the terrorists would follow them or whatever the hell we decide to do. We're really good at uh, not winning, I guess, is the is the thing. But in some of the gunfights, what's even scarier than getting shot at, and sometimes getting shot at isn't that scary. You get to a point where it's just exciting, like the cracks over your head are exciting. The zings are scary because it hit and miss, and then it hit zung past you, or whatever you want to say. But for me, it was um, to hear them yelling at you, at me. And I got in a fight I mentioned a couple episodes back on a border bombing in Pakistan, where we had Chechens there, foreign fighters there, Uzbeks. And to hear a white guy with a red beard yell, Allahu Akbar. And if you watch a lot of the footage lately, they're yelling that. And that's their, that's their, I mean, they've bastardized God is great with something completely fucking evil. It's evil. If you, but if you hear that being yelled by someone who wants to kill you slowly, slowly, 
or just do what they did to Bergdahl and use you as a um, blow-up fuck doll for a couple years. You know, bounce you off their hips a few times. Either way, you want to face them. You know, facing facing the same way like a good shit mate, or just going straight beard to beard. You do you. But hearing him yell is uh, it's scary. It's very intimate. Um, and listening to some of these survivors, the dude on his birthday was saying he was hiding in a bush. He was quiet for like eight hours, and he could hear the uh, Hamas militants walking around during the shooting. And they were hysterically laughing with each other, like, we made it, we're here. And they're laughing as they're executing people, as they're torturing people, as they're raping women in front of their dead friends, in front of their alive friends, probably. I wouldn't be put a pass on their raping their dead friends in front of their alive friends, shit like that, or whatever I just said. But then to hear people yelling about it, like uh, calling for war, you're, you're, you haven't been to war, and war is not cool, and, and it's just getting to a point where... You need to realize, like, I, I've got, obviously, a lot of friends who are Christians. I've got a lot of friends who are Jewish. I've got a lot of friends who are Muslim. And, you know, th- this, is, this is not, this is, a, this is good versus evil. And that's just how simple it is. You're either with the good guys or you're with the evil guys, the evil people. And you can tell who's who. The best way to describe it is if, Hamas and the Palestinians threw their weapons into the Mediterranean Sea, tomorrow there would be peace. If the Israelis threw their weapons into the Mediterranean Sea, tomorrow there would be genocide. Pretty much cut and dry right there. You, you have the, uh, the Hamas and the, the, like the used to be the, a lot of the Palestinian Liber, uh, Liberation Organization, the PLO, the militants that are in charge. And, and they don't... I mean, Hamas was started in 1987, 1988, and part of their charter was to kill Jews. That I, it, wasn't, it doesn't mention a, two, a two-state solution. Kill all the Jews you can, not just in Israel, but worldwide. Th- those are the bad guys. It's pretty easy to see that. And now if you're supporting the, um, the evil, you're on the wrong side. It would be like supporting Al-Qaeda after 9-11. It would be like supporting ISIS after every horrific thing that they did. And, and they took it next level. Like when we invaded Iraq and we had people like, there was a guy by the name of Nick Berg who went over there as a contractor because there's money in war and people know that. And he went over there to get contracts. He was rolled up by Al-Qaeda, the new Al-Qaeda, Al-Qaeda in Iraq, run by a guy named Abu Musab al-Zarqawi, who was a Jordanian, um, which is a country over there that actually borders Israel. And uh, they cut his head off on TV. And Al-Qaeda got so brutal, Al-Qaeda in Iraq got so brutal, led by Zarqawi, that even Osama bin Laden said, you need to, I mean, I don't speak Arabic, but he said the Arabic version is, you need to tone it down, homie. Because even he was getting too brutal for the brutal Al-Qaeda, so they got worse and worse. And then ISIS took it to the next level, and they, um, we saw what they did because of the way that we withdrew from Iraq, and and Regardless of your intentions, if you stay in a place long enough, you're an occupier. And and even though we went there to be the good guys, we made more jihadis. And they filled the vacuum that we left by leaving. And ISIS was formed. And then they, I mean, everything from the production value of their videos to the brutality. And we remember the stuff that they were doing. Like, it tur- like getting, I said getting shot and killed was better. But then, I mean, that's better than getting beheaded with a dull knife while you're still alive but then getting beheaded seemed to be a better way to go because isis started doing stuff like you saw the video hopefully well if you didn't don't but just trust me where they put a bunch of dudes in a cage and put that cage in a pool and they drown them you know and they filmed it and someone's a good editor and they put that that music that uh, jihadi music with like the five dudes harmonizing you know in arabic creepy music i wonder where those studios are too that that might be a good spot for a jdam to park but um, yeah, and then and then the Jordanian pilot that was flying and he was shot down by friendly fire. They found him, put him in an orange jump shoot because that's what we did to our prisoners. And then they walked him around a city that the coalition had bombed in Syria near Aleppo. And then um, they put him in a cage and they burned him alive in a cage. And and that's a horrible video. And he's crawling around, burnt up, and just I mean well beyond third degree burns like a just charred and you can see him laying there and then they brought a a, a a bulldozer in and covered him with bricks just so he could know what it's like to be in a building that's um 
had been bombed and burned and fallen on top of you. So they took it to that level. And then, then Hamas is just, uh, just, you know, took the baton and they're rolling with us. These are not good people. They're, they're not even people. They would rather, they take money that we give them for humanitarian aid. A small example is we give them, we give them money for pipes so they can pump water into, um, into Gaza. <clears throat> and then they, instead of, Using them for water, they make missiles and bombs out of them, which tells you that they would rather make a shitty missile out of whatever material that we give them to kill one Israeli or two Israelis or a family. They would rather kill Israelis, Jewish Israelis, than, than give their own people water. That, that tells you which side they're on. And then you got these people on the college campuses and in the media and elected officials. There's a state senator in Colorado. I can't even watch that punk. Boy, talk about someone that needs to boot up his ass. And I don't even mean like a cowboy boot. I'm talking like a good old football boot in England, like one that Beckham would wear with the cleats. The spikes shove that right up his ass. Hmm. Actually, I'm a size 11 and a half. If anybody wants to send me some cleats, I'll go find that motherfucker. Um, but college campuses... The uh, Chicago version of Black Lives Matter uh, praising these guys, and uh, I, you know, I've actually lost jobs for saying back in the day, back in 2020, when when BLM was uh, burning cities down, and I was I was pointing out that obviously yes, Black Lives Matter, obviously, at a time where you can't say all lives matter, but I believe all lives matter. But I said that BLM was a Marxist organization. And the reason I said that is because they said that. They are Marxists, and they've said they're Marxists. And they are teaching tactics to college students because they've invaded the Marxists, the communists have invaded the school system. They've invaded Hollywood. There's some of them on Capitol Hill. They're in our uh, sporting events. You'll see stuff everywhere. The, they call it woke, which I think is a little bit nice because the Marxists and the communists are trying to take over. And, and they're in the schools because they're teach. you only know what you're taught and they're teaching a lot of our students. Well, first of all, divide and conquer. That's why, that's why we say African-American and Asian-American and Irish-American. We just don't say American because we are Americans. And if you're born in the United States too, I mean, even on my trip to Tijuana, um, I saw real poverty and they're poor and they make the most of it. They're really poor. Um, if you're born in the United States, man, you won the lottery. You won the, well, the dude the other day won the lottery. $1.7 billion in California. That's like the best thing to ever happen to California in recent years. But um, what the Marxists knew is if they, uh, if they can in- in- invade all of this stuff, like the entertainment and uh, sports, and then college, they can, they can get rid of the United States. Because the United States and Israel are basically the only two countries left that are standing in between. This is, now, this is big picture shit. I'm kind of going all over the place. Israel and the United States are the only two countries right now that are standing in the way between um, democracy <laughs> and the new world order, the one world order, the, the World Health Organization and the, uh, um, the banks and the finances and all that stuff. Dude, and I mean real democracy, not that shit when you disagree with the Democrat and they say, well, we're just defending democracy. That, that brings us up too. you know how they always say that uh, we're, we're defending democracy. Like that's, that's how they're laundering all that money. In Ukraine, you ever notice how many war correspondents are on the ground in the war in Israel and the in in Gaza, the West Bank, and then up north? There's so many correspondents. There, Trey Yanks from Fox News, by the way, that dude deserves a raise. If anyone from Fox is listening, he is everywhere and he's hanging it out there, man. That dude, he, at least someone you know buy his meal when you see him. Give him a raise. Uh, he even wears his body. He's been in combat so much his body armor fits right. That blue stuff that says press, but he should get a raise. Um, but what I, my point was, you, have you noticed, though, that all of the footage that we see from the war in Israel and all the money we're pumping into Ukraine, not a lot of footage from Ukraine, is there? Huh. It's almost like it's a big money laundering scheme. I mean, the president of Ukraine, Mrs. Zelensky, her Prada and Gucci and all that shit, shit it's tight. She bought like a million dollars worth of uh, jewelry in New York when they came over here, something like that. Just, and it's your money. That's why you should be upset. That's why I get upset too. Just I went from the jihadis yelling at us to people talking about war and how cool it is. But think about this too, because we did we did talk about um, uh, taking over the colleges and and what these uh, protesters and how many places at Harvard are yelling about um, supporting Palestine and talking about how smart they are and how innovative they were with the 
with whatever those um tractors with a hang ladder above them and flying over the fences and getting in there and massacring people how how great they were but did you notice that people supporting Hamas they're um there's groups in Australia and they were outside of a library or 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 a, or a center for the arts or whatever and they were screaming gas the Jews gas the Jews and there was a um um, Hamas supporters here in New, in New York and in uh, the United States that were counter-protesting an Israeli protest and they're holding up their phones showing dead Israelis and then they're flipping the Israelis off, the Jewish people off, and then they're showing swastikas. Okay? Now, if you're you're screaming gas the Jews showing swastikas to Jewish people while you're flipping them off. Swastikas flipping them off, yelling gas the Jews. Now, you're the one that was calling Trump voters Nazis. I mean, that's like, hello, kettle, this is pot, you're black. Like, if you're showing swastikas to Jewish people because they're protesting Jews being tortured and killed like they did during the night of broken glass during the Holocaust, you might be the Nazi. It doesn't matter if you're saying you're out there defending freedom and democracy. No, you're not. You're practicing Nazi tactics. Fascist tactics, self-avowed Marxists have taken the schools and this is a bad place to be and that's where we're at right now. So, And it's not a, I mean, even, well, even like Senator Lindsey Graham, another war hawk, he's a He's going so far as to say, yeah, this is a holy war, which that dude just loves. How much money do you think Lindsey Graham has made off of Ukraine? Because there's a lot of, lot of dudes that served in the Senate together for a long, long time that, you know, they talk to each other and rub elbows. There's a lot of money in war. There's a hell of a lot of money in scaring people for war and then preparing for war and then sending stuff to war and then making more stuff and signing contracts. A lot of money over there. And now Lindsey Graham, he loves this war. He's, there's pictures of him shaking hands with Zelensky and then video of him hugging Zelensky. Loves Ukraine, loves pumping American taxpayers. Not his money. I mean, it will be his money eventually after he gets out of that huge washing machine that says USA on it with a big Ukrainian flag and defending democracy. But then you got, they just, the war hawks. They've never been to war. None of them. John Bolton, never been to war. Nikki Haley, never been to war. War hawk. And people that have actually been to war get pissed about that because war is not cool. War sucks. War is dangerous. And regardless of, of where you are, innocent people do die. And that sucks, man. Uh, <laughs> I was thinking of something, too. It's like with Lindsey Graham. And uh, I, don't, I just don't think he's being honest because here's a guy who's damn near 70, I think. He's a, uh, a senator who's never been m- married, doesn't have any kids. Like, you can't even be honest about being gay. Why do I trust you with World War Three or the Holy War defending democracy against the jihad? I just, I'm not buying it. So the schools are out there doing this. The people that don't know anything are doing this. The professors are pumping it up. The politicians are doing it too because there's so much money in that. And, if, and, and, and figure this too, getting bigger picture. And once again, I have notes, but I'm not following them. But think about this. With a lot of the stuff, and, and again, you got to be careful with what you watch. I'm, I'm not saying what's true and isn't true. But, I mean, there, there is stuff that you make sure you, you want to get verification of what's actually happening because there's propaganda everywhere. But, uh, but, but get a load of this. The big picture is a lot of these politicians will like the fact that people are getting emotionally charged into this because they might invest in it. They might vote for that next carrier battle group to go into the Eastern Med because... There's a lot of money in war, and a lot of politicians are getting paid. That's where we're at right now. So, you know, just kind of look around what's happening. And again, like I said, I think in my second or third podcast ever, a year ago, same names. So now let's, uh, just to backtrack a little, and I'm not a, I'm by no means a a biblical scholar or a theologian. I did go to... um, Catholic school for the majority of my time as a as a youth which means that uh, I know how to be depressed <laughs> we we we're good at, at being depressed you know I just realized too recently because again I had my 
my thing down in, in Mexico, and it's a lot to do with energy and a lot to do with, with um, you know, everything from grounding yourself to meditation and breathing, which I like. And, and uh, there's just there's some healthy stuff there. And, and I, I'm a believer, too, that you don't really need to understand everything. You just, if something's working, it's just, it's just working. Like when we used to have carburetors, uh, they're magic. How do you, uh, someone asked, I asked my dad maybe one time about how, um, what do you know about a car? And he said, I know the number of a good uh, mechanic. I almost said plumber, which shows you how much I know about cars. I've mentioned before, I don't have really good man skills, but I know people who do. But um, getting, uh, uh, so raised Catholic, I, 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 uh, um, I'm just now learning, like, if you're a Catholic, you know this, you don't know when to stand and when to sit and when to kneel. We just follow that old lady that's in the front row. Uh, but I've been looking at that stuff too, and I know why I'm starting to understand it more. It's actually pretty exciting too. It's things are more interesting when you just pay attention and kind of listen. And notes are good. I love highlighters. I love to read books with highlighters, like on planes and stuff too, because I know I'll come back to that eventually. And I highlight the hell out of them. I rarely go back to them, but it, you know, the the road to wherever is paved with good intentions. Now, but I mentioned I have other friends that are that are religious, uh, devout, some not so devout, which are fun. I golf with a lot of them too, and it's always interesting to see the. To hear the questions they'll ask, like, oh, it's a country club. Am, uh, am I allowed? And can Mustafa come? Shit, are you allowed? <laughs> Type stuff. But, uh, you know, we mourn our services. But I've also, in, in Catholicism, but I've also, when I lived in Texas, I did go to um, Southern Baptist. I, my, my first experience with the Southern Baptist Church was uh, on Easter, Easter Sunday in Dallas. Yes. I, I give shit to some of those mega churches, but dude. Some of that money goes to the big screen, the big screens and the uh, keynote presentations with the explosions, you know, um, the band and they're good. Uh, so that's fun. I've, I've been to other places too, uh, uh, Greek Orthodox and stuff like that. It's just, it's just, it's just cool. What was the point I was getting at too? But um, uh, this, this is not a holy war. I'll, I'll, some of the best people I've met are different religions and, and most people, believe it or not, are... Uh, just trying to get on with their lives. And some people in college are actually trying to get a meaningful degree. They're not, but other people are, they don't want to take too many credits because they need to work on their uh, activism, which for, to me, I, I don't understand what we're teaching in school. I mean, even the stuff with the school, with what they're teaching now, public schools were designed to indoctrinate. And, and regardless of what, I mean, when we first started schools, when the country was founded, it's because you want to indoctrinate the kids into Americanism and, and what, what's, what's, um, what's best for the country. And that happens. And I, and I know that too, but now they're just teaching ridiculous shit, but this is not a, uh, this is not a holy war. It's about land obviously, but look at the history of stuff that happened. So, so Judaism, I think is the oldest one, because if, if you look at the history of the Jewish people, that goes back to like Adam and Eve, right? Abraham back in the day, we're talking 3,500 3,300 years ago, bear with me. I'm sorry, no notes on this one. Going off of what I learned in Catholic school, which is nada. <laughs> uh, no, I did to it. I, I'm, I'm giving, I'm giving a, um, a little rib to, to my Catholic family because my mom is listening. Given, and I know, you know, Grandma G's looking down. Grandma Audrey's looking down. Come on, we can, I'll, I'll see you eventually. You guys chill out. But, um, but uh, Judaism is the oldest one, too. So, and, and they've always been over there, too. Like, Jesus was born in Bethlehem, and all the religions agree there's Jesus. You know, we as Catholics believe, we know that, you know, Jesus is the Son of God, the Holy Trinity, all that stuff, too. And then, the, you know, as far as Islam goes, he's a prophet. But um, we agree he was there, Bethlehem, and then Jerusalem's always been there. Um, so with the Jewish people being around for that long, um, they've been... They've been there in that part of the world. And then in about 610, I think, is when uh, is the time of Muhammad. Again, forgive me. I need to do more research, trying to be respectful. But even when uh, Islam uh, was started, uh, the Jewish people were already there. So it's they've been there is what I'm getting at. And this is not a um, – we don't need to make this a holy war. So obviously it's, it's, they're going to use a two-party solution, the two-country solution, as an excuse. But a lot of these fanatics just want to eradicate the Jewish people, and that's what it is. Uh, and – uh, you know, the, it, it, they've been duking it out like the Romans used to own that place, too. And you might have heard of cru the Crusades. That's always there, too. And we're all involved. Same names once again. But even if you look back in the, in the last century, <clears throat> as far as the um, as far as Jerusalem and Israel goes there, like in I'm, I'm reading some stuff that I did look up on the Internet in 1937. So the uh, the Arabs, they're from that part of the world. Uh, usually Muslims, in 1937, they re uh, rejected the Peel Commission to create a Jewish and, and uh, an Arab state. 1937, so that's right, you know, the World War I 
was over. We're about to start World War II. We didn't really know that because there was actually Nazis again. You know, they were probably saying gas the Jews too before they started that whole Holocaust thing. So be wary of people. You know, if bad guys are telling you they're going to do something, you probably should listen because they're doing it again. And we've seen them doing it again. But that's 1937. Then 1947, once again, the Arabs rejected a UN partition to create, again, a Jewish and Arab state. So we're trying this, and then they wage war against the new nation of Israel, just formed, and they ended up losing more land than they started with because after 3,300 years of existence, these dudes know how to fight. Uh, 1967, Israel wins yet another war, defensive war, and they get more land. They conquer um, their neighbors, Gaza, West Bank, Sinai, defensive war, Egypt, all that stuff. Um, and then the Arab League declares the three no's, no peace with Israel, no recognition of Israel, no negotiations with Israel. You're starting to see a pattern here. We're trying to get a two-state place, two nations, and the Arabs are saying absolutely not. Um, Israel, at this time in 1967, voluntarily hands control of Temple Mount, the holiest site in Judaism, back to that Islamic part of the world, and they made it illegal for Jews to pray there. So we're trying to, not we, they're trying to negotiate, and the Arabs take it, and they say, no, nope, you you're not back here to the holiest site, you're not welcome. 1979, uh, Israel, once again, voluntarily hands the Sinai back to Egypt. So they controlled all of it. Getting attacked, then they conquer, and then they give it back after a defensive war that they didn't need to do. And then 1993, Israel recognized recognizes the sovereignty of the Palestinian Authority over the West Bank and the Gaza Strip in the Oslo Accords. And that's where a guy by the name of Yasser Arafat uses to support terrorism. And he's the FADA guy, um, Palestinian Liberation Organization, <coughs> which is just a way to uh, use a front company to get money from people like the United States and the West so they can fund terrorism. It's like It's almost like what this administration and the Obama administration was doing for Iran. Wait a minute. We give them pallets of cash in the middle of the night, and we unfreeze a lot of their banks in Qatar. They're going to use it for peace, right? Right? So then in 2000, um, uh, Israel offers Yasser Arafat again uh, uh, recognition of a Palestinian state in all of Gaza and 94% of the West Bank. Um, and the West Bank is on the west side of the Jordan River with East Jerusalem as his capital. Arafat rejects it, and uh, he launches more shit. That's 2000. 2005, Israel pulls out of the Gaza Strip. So Israel owned the Gaza Strip, and they pulled out. And Israel dismantles its own settlements in Gaza to give it back. That forces Jews out of their homes. Palestinians respond by what they do in 2005. What they respond, the Israelis move out of um, the Gaza Strip. How do the Palestinians thank them? They elect Hamas. Great fucking move. And that's now a terrorist state. Then 2008, Israel offers Mahmoud Abbas. So he took over for uh, Yasser Arafat. Um, and uh, once again, they're moving out of the West Bank, they being the Israelis. And then um, they move out, pull their settlements down, and then Hamas and the Palestinians use that as a, as to launch attacks on Israel. Then from 2010 to 2021, Rocket attacks everywhere. Basically, what I'm getting at is, if you'll notice, guys like Yasser Arafat and Mahmoud Abbas, they're becoming, I think, close to, if not billionaires. Like, they just won that California Powerball. But they're billionaires. How is that? Now, were they real estate moguls? Were they building shit? Did they invent, like, the the umbrella that goes in fruity drinks and make a bunch of money off of uh, all that? No, 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 they didn't. They're taking the money that other countries are giving them for their people enriching themselves and attacking Israel. And then obviously 2023, what happened just now, Hamas basically commits the worst act of terrorism since the Holocaust. So there's been efforts. And um, a lot of them don't. Now, now if, if the Palestinians are the victims and they're, they're nomadic almost, they're, they're um, migrants. Are we using that word migrants still? Or, or they're just roaming around. Why haven't any of the Arab states taken them in? Why doesn't Egypt take any of them? Any of, they don't want one of them. Kind of tells you something. So is I mean, wh why don't they have their state when it's been offered to them? Because they just want to kill the Jewish people. It, it shouldn't be even a question of which side are you on. But for some reason, even elected members of Congress are on the wrong side of history, and we're seeing it playing out. And it's important not to take the eye off the ball. Um, a lot of shiny objects coming out of the hinterland, out of the periphery. 
and you can't take your eye off what's really happening. You know, sitting back and watching all of this go down in the Middle East and Ukraine and Russia and what's happening on social media, TikTok especially, uh, China is watching us and they are pretty happy. They haven't really been in a war since even, I think, when we were in Vietnam. But they've watched us fight. They've watched everyone else fight and they've taken notes. They've stolen a lot of intellectual property. They've bought politicians and lawmakers and banks off so that uh, they get away with a lot of stuff they're doing. And what they've done, too, they're buying a lot of land here in the United States. They're buying a lot of land everywhere to include West Africa for naval bases, buying stuff in South America, buying stuff in Cuba. Moving around, they also realize with a lot of this land, if they own the land, they might own the farms, run our farms out of business. And if you own the food, if you control the food, you control the population. Keep that in mind, too. Because even though we have the best intentions, some people out there do not, especially the people, the regime running China. Do you know 60% of U.S. pork production comes from one company, and that's owned by the Chinese also, and their hogs are injected with something called ractopamine, which is banned in 160, 160 countries, not ours, but it's banned in China. But you'll find it in your grocery aisle every single day, and I've told you about a better way to get meat that you put on your table and feed your family. I talk about Moink all the time. If you haven't gotten a Moink box yet, you've really got to do it, man. I, uh, I actually made breakfast today when I got home with the Moink bacon. I talk about that all the time. No steroids, salt and pepper from the hogs. Bacon's amazing. I also use Moink's um, so, uh, jalapeno pineapple sausage. I made a scramble. It was great. Moink delivers grass-fed, grass-finished beef and lamb, pastured pork, and chicken and sustainable wild-caught Alaskan salmon. And it comes right to your door in the Moink box. Moink farmers farm the way our grandparents did. And as a result, Moink meat tastes like it should because the family farm does it better. The Moink difference is a difference that you can taste and you can feel good knowing that you're helping the family farm stay financially independent as well. You choose the meat, you mark it off on the website, like ribeyes, chicken breast, pork, like I mentioned, wild-caught salmon, salmon fillets, much more, and you can cancel any time. Moink is helping save rural rural America. The farmers are making living wages and we need them to, to uh, own our own food supply. So join the Moink movement today well, i've seen it on shark tech i mentioned that host kevin o'leary called it the best bacon he's ever had i believe it the same way um i send moink to montana to my family i send it other places to my family i bring it up to cape cod with me when we go up there and have barbecues i love it you will too keep american farming going by signing up at moinkbox.com slash the operator do it right now and you will get free Ground beef for a year free of the best free a year free of the best beef you've ever had at moinkbox.com slash the operator. One year of free beef. Pick out of the stuff. It's fun to get it once a month. The box comes right to your door. It's frozen. Moinkbox.com slash the operator. Get yours today. It's delicious. Also on my Ibogaine adventure down to Mexico, that was for PTSD and for abusing the booze. Uh, Ibogaine was originally used, I think, to help people with addiction. And it's 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 um, morphed into a lot of different stuff. It's an amazing plant. Um, I ran into Marcus Luttrell down there, too. He, he'd done Ibogaine before for PTSD. We were talking about that. And one of the things that helped him with was uh, tobacco. He used to dip a lot. He was a... He was, <laughs> I had done a. I gotta get Marcus on this podcast too, because he's always fun to talk to. Great guy. I think the world of him. Um, we were down there talking though, and I I like to think that I've done a lot of stuff in the SEAL teams. I, I was able to get a lot of qualifications. I went to, on deployment a bunch of times, a lot of different theaters of war. And one thing I never did though that Marcus did was uh, he was a part of a SEAL delivery vehicle team, SDV. Uh, when I was in, when we were in, there was SDV one and SDV two, and like the other teams. Odd numbers out west, even numbers are out east. So STV Team 2 was in Virginia, which had to suck. STV Team 1 was in Hawaii, which sucked, but was in Hawaii. And STV is a small, submersible with two dudes in the front, a bunch of dudes in the back, and it's you just sit in there and it sucks, especially a dude as tall as Marcus. You're sitting in the back, head cranked, and it sucks. And he, sa he said he would dip so much tobacco, he would even dip while he was diving. I've mentioned that before, too. I can't. I can't do that. Um, 
I couldn't dip diving because I have to spend. I don't know if you got it or what, but that's kind of. He was mentioning that he he would um he would dip all the time, but I began helped him quit dipping the tobacco, and we dip we we dipped a lot in the teams. Uh, I did get away from dipping tobacco, but I love the ritual. I love the waking up in the morning, eating, and then putting in a dip or having coffee and then a dip or eating lunch, having a dip, giving a brief, having a dip, dipping all the time. I quit tobacco. Uh, Marcus did too. But I have talked about Black Buffalo before, and I, I want you to check out Black Buffalo. Blackbuffalo.com. Find a store locator where you can order it online. Uh, 21 and up for Black Buffalo, but it is an alternative for people who already dip as opposed to tobacco. It is made from edible plants like cabbage edible leaf food grade ingredients and it sells online and can deliver right to you like i said if you're a dipper in 21 up check out blackbuffalo.com uh, they have the flavors too they have a wintergreen peach mint straight um long cut and pouches and it's excellent it's the same thing same ritual everything you love about dip but nothing you don't love Thousands of stores. Like I said, the locator's on there. Blackbuffalo.com. 15% off your first order with promo code the operator. So check out blackbuffalo.com. 15% off code the operator at blackbuffalo.com. Honor your rituals. I'm sure you've heard it here before. You've seen it on other sites. And guys aren't lying, man. This is really good stuff. Blackbuffalo.com. Check it out. Born in the Midwest, raised in the South. Charge ahead. But I did mention, too, where... Um, Mahmoud Abbas, Yasser Arafat, a lot of these guys are getting rich. A lot of our guys are getting rich, too. I mean, private jets for politicians, public service, man. That's not a bad gig. I always used to say, because I've been asked to uh, asked to run for um, office a couple times, actually. I had a, I had actually some high-ranking people ask me to run for Congress. And I, uh, I, I uh, the Senate, too, actually. And obviously, me and Charlie Sheen, 2024. You can get the shirt at uh, RJO Apparel. O'Neill Sheen. The only problem is, what if we win? Someone's getting nuked. You know what's funny? That was a campaign joke, but right now it wouldn't surprise me at all. They're so amped up to get uh, to get nukes going because the, again, the money train. I was, but I, my thing. I had a couple funny responses because I'm not going to run for office. And uh, one of my response, I I told the Republicans that asked me to run for office that um, I'm not a yes man, and I'm not as conservative necessarily as you think I am. There are I, uh, it's a weird, I like to consider myself an independent thinker and as opposed to yes for everything and no for everything. It's like, well, what's, what's this one? And let me, let me think about that for a second. I'm trying not to give you an answer right away because the party wants to. So I'm, you know, I, I don't think that the Republican party would like me. And I also said, uh, by the way, never lose your sense of humor. And I I told the Republicans that if I run for office, I'm definitely going to be a Democrat because I plan on being as corrupt as shit. Because I want that private jet too. I was actually saying I'm not going to run for Congress because I don't want a pay cut. But uh, turns out there's not a pay cut at all, is there? Um, but yeah, uh, just uh, going by the um, um, just point to point, try to decide that way. And it shouldn't be one big bill we roll out on a Friday night at 11:59, and it's a bunch of pork, and we just sign it off. So I wouldn't do that. But you got to wonder where where the money's all coming from too, because we're sending money for it says humanitarian aid. Or whatever. You notice the Clinton Foundation is uh, rolling over to rebuild Ukraine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll leave that where it is. But we're sending money to people. <clears throat> and they're enriching themselves. And it's, I mean, it's not just the $6 billion that, that we unfroze. And obviously, they can't even have a conversation about that for Iran. Like, that, we, we can't even get the... Why do they... Why do so many politicians love Iran, especially on the left? The Democrats love Iran. I don't know why that is. They can't really believe that Iran is going to make a peaceful nuclear facility for power. Like if if Hamas isn't even going to use their pipes for peace, whoa. Pipes for peace, man. Write that down. We need to talk about pipes for peace. That could be fun for the whole gang. Getting one of them sweat lodges, have it pass around a pipe for peace. I think someone might have beat us to that, though. Damn it. So, but, uh, yeah, I mean, if we give, we give, uh, nukes to Iran, what do you think the first thing they're going to do is, you know, they're going to try to wipe Israel off the map because they told us they wanted to, it's, this is not rocket surgery. They want to wipe out Israel we, and we give them money and it's not just us. I mean, we, un, we, we unfroze the 6 billion and you'll hear, especially in the white house right now, they'll say, well, that was always their money. Well, Okay. 
but that's why you sanction them and freeze it so they can't do stuff like that. Did you notice when when we killed Qasem uh, uh, Soleimani, who was the general of the um, Revolutionary Guard, basically the biggest terrorist in the world for the greatest sponsor of state terror, Iran, that after we killed him right outside of Bayat, Baghdad International Airport, which I think was dope as shit. Like, he landed one place. There's He probably could have looked out the window of whatever airline he was flying, Jihadi Air or whatever he has, and saw the drone that was taken off to, to do a quick UE and put a hellfire right up his asshole. But after um, after we killed their number one dude and President Trump was in office, basically Trump said, yeah, we just killed your guy and you're going to do nothing. Because you require your ports, like four ports, to get stuff. Because you guys live in the desert. And you need those ports to get food. And, and sometimes they actually do feed their people. Their people. And Trump was like, we're going to destroy them all. And you, and you get no food. He's like the soup Nazi. I hate, why do we throw around Nazi a lot more than we need to? But um, they need their stuff. And he said that he will, he will destroy it if you do anything. We killed your guy. Now, take a step back and go fuck yourself. And you can get peace through strength. They do understand this. Even though, and because the, the guys at the highest level, they're, they're doing the whole, um, if they sense, they're never, they're rarely suicide bombers themselves. They're rarely martyrs themselves, though, but they will send other guys out to blow themselves up because they're convinced that if they can send someone like, and again, I'm not trying to broad brush stroke a religion, but these fanatics on, on the, uh, on the, on the, uh, the fanatical Islamic warriors, they think if they send a suicide bomber out, they get a piece of that, like pie in heaven, like a pyramid scheme, like um, Amway for Allah type shit. So they never really blow themselves up, but they and so they so the ones that want to get martyred, they're a problem. That's what Hamas is going to be the problem because they, a lot of them do want to get martyred. But these other guys, they understand power, and if we take it from them, they got nothing. So they they pipe down, peace through strength, but you know chaos through weakness. And then we just gave six billion dollars for five hostages. We unfroze that. And how we don't? How many? They got like 150 hostages. I've heard right now. How many are Americans? And they know that they can. We've proven. Whoever said we don't negotiate with terror is full of it because apparently we do. But now they, they know that and they see it. And um, but they can't even admit them being the White House that the, the that Iran did this. They, I mean, they're not building shit in the West Bank. They're not building shit in the Gaza Strip. They're getting it from somewhere. They're not training themselves. Who's training them? Revolutionary Guard. This thing was, this mission's been around for a while. They rehearsed it. Who thought of flying those uh, tractors with the hang gliders? Someone thought of that. Someone trained them and they rehearsed it. Where? Why didn't you see it? Someone's doing it. It's Iran. Why can't you say it? Why do you love Iran so much? They're the worst. I say Iran on purpose too because when they were playing the World Cup, one of those dickhead uh, Iranian reporter said it's iran i'm like iran i ran iraq i suck whatever i don't care i say iran that's what i say but they're getting the guns from somewhere they're getting the rocks from somewhere someone's giving them to hamas so use your head who's doing it but we refuse to call the truth the truth because we're in a time where the truth is just what you feel the truth is it's it's so nonsensical and if you tell the truth then you're the nazi <laughs> even though i'm not throwing the um the swastika around a support of Trump, so I must be the domestic terrorist. We got a—they're declaring a day of jihad tomorrow. I hope the FBI is doing that instead of going after a grandma in her red hat that says "Make America Great Again," which they turned into a slogan for for um, terrorists. Make America Great Again. Why would you want America to be great? Why would you want an open border? I mean, they want it for votes. That's obvious. But it, when the hit comes, which it could, I don't think it'll be tomorrow because they said it would be tomorrow. But it's going to be somewhere, and it sucks. Which which gets me into um, telling the truth, and tr- God forbid, trying to think for yourself. Uh, you remember a while back, I said something about um, something about the Second Amendment. We need to tweak something where crazy people shouldn't necessarily be able to buy guns straight away. If you're obviously crazy, there should be some sort of a background check. Now, high capacity magazines we need the Second Amendment. You need it too, and it's been proven with what we saw in Israel. The Second Amendment was never about hunting. So when they pull that shit out of their ass, tell them to shove my semi-automatic assault rifle right up there. Was it airborne? Third point, fourth point of contact? Your ass. But now more than ever, and so I'm I'm hoping to let you know I'm so pro-Second Amendment. Have guns in your house. And if you can get a concealed carry, do it. 
because you might need it. But, you know, I said back in the day, like, I just figured that, because remember that transgender person that shot up a school um, in Tennessee? They never released the manifesto because it didn't fit the narrative of, of what the left and the, the media, I don't know, I still don't know what the media's big thing is. I don't know what they're getting out of blatantly lying about everything, but they still won't release the manifesto, that or, Ve- or Vegas, uh, because it said something wrong, but I'm assuming if, if you think the way that person thunk, you're a crazy person. You shouldn't have legal guns, perhaps. But all the dumb shit that they do, like uh, lower capacity magazines or some weird safety release on your magazine release or some weird, it's it's stupid. And and uh, again, that's why I like shotguns, pump action shotguns for a number of reasons. But um, just to be clear, and we'll I'm going to get some uh, some guys from Watchtower Firearms on here again to talk Second Amendment. Because I'm, I'm, I am pro-Bill of Rights. I'm pro-Shotgun while being pro-Era 15, believe it or not. But um, but the money's coming from somewhere, and it's not just unfreezing their assets or trading them for um, for hostages. I read something about a, a money trail to Iran, like something like $10 billion coming to Iran through Iraq because of what we did there. And now, because Saddam, again, was a Sunni, but now the Shia own it. And they historically, unless... They're combining forces to attack Israel. They don't like each other. But because the, the Shia took over, that's a, a land bridge to Iran. Something like $10 billion transferred from Iraq to Iran. Um, uh, we just uncapped a bunch of Iranian oil exports to China. Same names right there, too, China. Um, $1.5 to $2.2 million. Oh, sorry. $1.5 to $2.2 million barrels a day. Going uh, from Iran to China, so they're, we're talking an annual like fifty billion, fifty billion, so they can rebuild schools in Iran, or I'm sorry, build nuclear weapons, or fund Hamas and Hezbollah and try to wipe out Israel. The money's coming from somewhere, and it's a lot bigger than all of us. Um, part of it is because of the radicalized stuff that they were taught as youngsters. Because like I like I can't say enough, you only know what you're taught. Um, but there's a lot of this money's toward going towards their version of jihad and it just ain't cool so it is again one of those situations where sometimes it doesn't matter why you got where you are you're just here and the thing and i've said this before what we all have in common is the clock is ticking so what are you going to do now can you make a decision in a high stress environment it's it's okay to i encourage looking around i encourage um situational awareness and I, you know, I'm guilty of it too. I say complacency kills. Like recent events, we've seen that happens, and and whatever. Like I, I have proven that I don't need you to cancel me. I can cancel myself. But uh, I know that you know I, I'm. I, I took a couple of weeks off, and I'm really glad that I, I'm able to say a few things here too, for sake of time too. I'm a big believer. In, I love podcasts. I, I think that people listen to it when they're doing housework and or working out. And I, I don't want to go way too long because I love that you love the sound of my voice. And I want to keep doing this. So we're going to get more in-depth on, on more stuff here. But what I want to talk about now on the Day of Jihad this Friday, the 13th, is now because of the hostage situation, what they're doing in in Gaza is, is they're talking about hostage rescue. How are they doing it? How are they going to get boots on the ground? Because this is going to be a war like we've never seen over there. And they're going to wipe out Hamas. This is Israel's not – they're not joshing around on this one. They're going to go in there and thump them, but it's a very, very dangerous place to be. Some of the most dangerous combat is in a mount environment, military operation, urban terrain, mount, or fibula, fighting in built-up areas. My friends from the Special Boat Service, SBS, taught me that one, too. I have been different places and done different stuff. Not like a lot of people think. I just kind of graduated boot camp, and they shoved me in Bin Laden's room. A lot of stuff happened in between there. But mount urban is uh, some of the most dangerous combat. Look at Fallujah, the battles of Fallujah. They were fought there in the Marine Corps. God bless them. Every guy that was there, uh, really tough fighting. This is going to be worse. They've been building up these places for decades, since the beginning. Tunnels, man. 300 miles of tunnels. Some are 100 feet deep over in the West Bank. You can't even reach them with bombs. And and they're going to need to maybe do hostage rescue. You hear the name SEAL Team 6 brought up, You, I'm assuming, Delta Force. Joint Special Operations Command's over there, assisting with our Israeli brothers and sisters. But... <clears throat> That's a very, very dangerous place to be because I was part of uh, SEAL Team 6 for eight years, which is the um, a Tier 1 unit primarily. I- I'm one of the uh, only guys who has done a successful uh, hostage rescue mission, which was obviously when we got Captain Phillips from the Somali Pirates in April of 2009. But that was cut and dry, even though that was a difficult, how are we going to get him out? We knew where he was. 
uh, the big orange lifeboat being towed by that big Navy destroyer. He's in there. But now they don't even know where these guys are. And the first thing you want to do is know where they are because you a hostage rescue, you want to get in and out. Hostage rescue is the reason why we don't do two to the chest, one to the head. We do two to the head or three to the head because you need to take precision shots. You need to be there quick and get out. Hostage rescue is a different style of close quarters battle than um, doing barricaded flow or combat clearance, as we used to call it. Combat clearance is smart when you're fighting in a built-up area because you want to move slow. There's no reason to run in and just get in the fight. However, when there's hostages involved, you do need to get in there for hopefully some obvious reasons. They might start cutting the old head off with the butter knife, so you want to get in there. The first part of that is, where is he? you got to figure out where he is, so hopefully you have some intel. That's what they're doing right now, and I hope everyone's putting their heads together. I don't want to get into any tactics because they're probably doing it, but you need to know where they are. I just saw some videos of some of the hostages and just based, because the Intel guys, the Intel ladies, in a lot of cases, are a lot smarter than I am. But I could tell just by looking at some of these videos, and they are on uh, some of the social media. And don't be sharing a lot of the videos, because it's giving terrorists what they want. Even when places get bombed, they have actors in there. Not that innocent people aren't getting killed, which they are, and it's horrible. I don't like that at all. I'm not condoning that at all. I, I wish there was no war. Wouldn't that be just super duper not realistic? Good versus evil, like I said. And sometimes you need to fuck evil up. Um so you got to find if you look at these pictures, you can tell that it's really, really dark where they are just based on when they're shining flashlights in their eyes. You can tell their pupils, how they dilate, how they're scared, how they don't know where they are. They're in a tunnel or they're in a very dark room or they're in a blacked out room in a skyscraper that might get hit. Who knows? Very, very dangerous. Find out where they are. Then how do we get there? There are ways to get into places. I mean, think of any way you can get anywhere. You can do that. Helicopters are fast, but they're loud. Um, personnel carriers are great, but can they go over the rubble? Walking is one of my favorites. Watch out for the trip, trip wires and the pressure plates. Very, very dangerous. And then once you get there, how? what are your ROEs, your rules of engagement once you get there? Do we start moving once the shooting starts or do we slow down? Do we be quiet? Stop yelling. For God's sake, that drives me nuts. Just because you're moving fast doesn't mean you need to yell. You know, If I'm in a room and I'm walking towards the next doorway, I don't need to scream, Clear! If I'm putting a charge on the door, I don't need to yell fire in the hole. If you see me putting a bomb on the door... Assume the door's going to go boom. Communicate without talking. Shut the fuck up. So that's why I'm not in Hollywood yet. And the EOTech goes on a certain way, too. I hate. I was watching a movie the other day. The damn EOTech was on backwards. They had people shooting each other on set. It's chaos. But that's that. Um, yeah, the hostage rescue is um, It's a very, very dangerous thing. I know we have good people in the right place. And the thing that we have as a coalition, to include the Israelis, is experience. We got a lot of experience. A lot of, a lot of the guys that I know that are the senior enlisted for some of these squadrons are dudes I went through selection with, which means they're old. So get some of those young studs up front, and you just you be the traffic cop in the back. You know who I'm talking about. I'm hopefully looking right at you, and I was better than you in green team. <laughs> Probably not. I, I can't back that up. But, um, yeah, they're, they're over there now, the hostage rescue thing. The, the, I love, again, the simplicity of things and trying to break it down. The guy in front of you goes left, you go right. If you want to be fast, slow down. If you want to be good at something, do it a thousand times. If you want to be great, do it 10,000 times. And I'm talking repetition, repetition. Get good at it. Do everything like you do anything. The analogy that I have as far as going into a place like the West Bank is similar to climbing Mount Everest, making good decisions. Anybody can get to the top of Mount Everest. But you die trying to get down because you made bad decisions. There's going to be a lot more to talk about here. This, isn't, this war is not going anywhere. We're going to find out if I'm right today about the day of jihad. I hope, I'm, I hope I'm right about it not happening today. I'm usually right. I have been right before. But sometimes telling the truth gets you fired. So, you know, keep your head on a swivel. Look around. Get your concealed carry. Take care of your family. Don't be afraid. Make sure you lock the door. Get a pump, act, uh, pump action shotgun, and you're never 